Bienvenue dans Discovery, nous faisons confiance, un podcast Star Trek. Bienvenue au podcast. Pardon, trouble with our universal translator. Hello and welcome to In Discovery, we trust a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week, we will be discussing an oval for Caron. I am Ethan. And I am joined, as always, by... Kevin. Welcome. Okay. <coughs> All right. <coughs> we got that squared away. So, I was worried you were going to be talking about the entire time. Not at all, because we fixed the Universal Translator, so we're okay. okay. All right, first off, let me start here. Okay. Before we even get into the episode... Okay. I just want to say something to you and our listeners. Okay. We are a great podcast, and here's why. <laughs> I've been listening to some podcasts recently... As I do. Oh, don't go bashing other podcasts. No, no, no. It's oh. a, not even Star Trek ones. Okay. Mm, sort of. But <clears throat> often what happens is, I realized, we put all of our bullshit and bollocking at the end. Mm. Most podcasts start with it. So the first thing, I want to, like, I just saw a movie or watched a TV show. I want to listen to people talk about it. I put it on, and I have to fast go through, like, skip ahead through a half an hour of them bollocking about their life and the podcast and what they're going to do and catching up on old right. times. They, they go off on tangents sometimes. Before they ever get to Irrelevant the tangents, thing. you're saying. So we get straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Except for this week. Well, okay, well, wait a minute, though. So, <laughs> one more minute of this. Are you, is this the surprise you had for me? Yes. That's what it was. It was an observation? No, no, no. No, I have an actual surprise. But, oh, okay. So this is just a, a small gesture. So I thought about it, and, you know, Kevin and I have been friends for a while. We've been doing this podcast for a while, uh-huh. over a year. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, just making a purchase for myself, and I said, I think I'm going to pick up one of those for Kevin also, and it was related to the show, so I figured I would give it to him on the show. So what, what we is got that? here is oh, from QMX. I will tweet this. It is a um, replica Approved by the prop master, by the way, of mm-hmm. the uh, Section 31 uh, badges. And it's got this nice magnetic clasp here to hold it together. It is screen accurate in size and you you know, shape. Where would you get this? From QMX. Online? Yes. Mm. So, shout I out will, to QMX, uh, who is not a sponsor of this show. I will, I will tweet a photo of these. Cool. And... Uh, Cute. I didn't even know. I didn't know these uh, even existed. Right. Um, they're not a sponsor of the show, even though I'm touting their product because it's good. It was very reasonably priced, and it's a nice product. So you think so. these are not officially licensed? Oh, they are. They are. Yeah. Okay. Approved by the prop master. Oh, that's what you. Well, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, you're welcome for this. And uh, I don't want to wear it, but. <laughs> Well, right, you don't. Maybe you know, for Halloween, I can go. We can, I can, we can do like a section go. thirty-one. Put on my, we'll uh, section 31 plaid shirt right now, actually. Yeah. Only well, problem. Well, there we go. There's only one problem. But I wear black all the time, so that's you're never gonna see it. It's gonna be hidden. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for this. You're welcome. So, um, so we got now. We give you um, what three and a half minutes of us balling. Of BS. That's it. No, that's I'm gonna it. make you scan through twenty yes. minutes. I, well, it was relevant. It was relevant. So yeah, these are they're very nice. And you set it up in such a way. I did. And, you know, QMX. Check mm. them out. I will. I'm talking to the listeners, not you. I'll you play. already have it. You don't have to check it out. But I will check out what they have. <laughs> right. They anyway, have other things. So, um... They actually had all of them. So they had all... For all the Discovery and all the new Enterprise, um... Ones. 
Oh. Yeah, so, you know, it was, a, it was a tough choice, but I have to say the Section 31 one. Even though I don't like Section 31 much as a concept, it's a cool... Yeah, as I always say, the design, the worst kept secret in the in the galaxy. Yeah, even so, it was a special badge. Um, but no, don't look. Episode. I'm four. not anything strange. So we're now on episode four of season. We two. are on episode four of season um, two. <clears throat> a an orbal for for uh, obol 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 for Charon. Obol for Charon. Which means, as we discovered by looking give us at the it, Greek mythology. So there was this <clears throat> fella. Mm-hmm. And this fella had a job, and it was to ferry people across the river Styx to Hades. And yep. you would have to pay him something, and you would pay him an obol, which mm-hmm. is a currency, as you said, a Greek currency. Greek currency. Um, yes. So <clears throat> we certainly have some right people expecting to be ferried onto the other side of uh, mm. life and death Yep. in this episode. Whether they do or don't, we get to see, which, uh, yeah. But... And just sort of a, and, yeah, so. and an observation, you know, the Charon was also the name of the Emperor's ship in the Mirror Universe, the ISS Charon. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And think of it this way. So when I saw the title of this episode before they, I even saw the episode, I wondered if there was some kind of, at first, some sort of Mirror Universe thing going on, but... Right. Well, here's you know. what I expect. In the Mirror Universe, it was probably just they thought it was badass, right? Probably. So, like, we very... Like, we're going to kill people, so we're going to ferry them to the afterlife. Yeah. So it just sounds badass. Well, and, and as I said before we began recording, which you said, nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> Charon is also the name of a moon, one of Pluto's moons. Yes, and so. all I said was that that doesn't matter. <laughs> Within this context. I, okay, whatever. I don't um, think it matters, because where's the symbolic? It's symbolic, right? You right. don't bring up Greek mythology right. and have it not be symbolic. Um, so this was a very, this was a, this was an emotional one and, uh, I teared up. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) So I'm glad that again, we have Um, a little disagreement. Right. Good for the party. Uh, I will. And I think by me saying I teared up, I think everybody will probably know what scene I'm referring to. Definitely. Um, You're referring to the scene when uh, Tilly fell down. True. Well, but the fr- but and we'll get to that, but um, the scene that made me emotional, not the Tilly thing. But the first thing that we find out, the first thing we see in this episode is we finally get to meet number one. Yes. We from the one. Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me is a, it's a big moment because we have not seen number one since 1964. Yes. And her hairstyle is exactly the same. Yeah. Did you notice she, the pad she was carrying? Yeah. Similar to what they had on the... Uh, yep. Yeah, and that, that I loved. I was hoping she had the pen with it, too. Just Right. The Apple pen. The Apple pen. But it was an Apple pencil. Pencil, rather. Um, <laughs> I will be having... I will have one soon. But... I'm thinking about it, too. But I... Uh, talk about that later. I loved that little touch. Like, she had the same pad, and she, you know, she gave it to Pike, and I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool, but... And we got some fun... Um, exposition as to why the Enterprise doesn't have the hologram. Right, and so... I think it's hilarious that it's fun that they're doing it. I've been tweeting about this. I don't remember if I said it last week, but I like that they're sort of taking little jabs at those continuity... I feel like they're doing it to the audience, like these continuity sticklers, in a way, you know, who... But it's leading me to have some very fascinating and fun conversations online. Like, people are now... Some still say Discovery's in in an alternate reality, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) <laughs> but other, but now it's at the point where people are like saying like, no, this actually makes sense, and now maybe it now we'll finally know why the Enterprise looks like it does. But, yeah, well, 
Because I, I had said, wouldn't it be funny? If, remember, I said last week, wouldn't it be funny if after the end of Reservoir Dogs, she comes out of Space Dog looking like she does on the show? But and it looks like that might happen to right. some degree. Now, some degree. here's the thing, though: I don't think that it's the writers, you know, messing with the continuity people and saying, "Oh, you want continuity so bad? Fine, here you go." Right. I think that they might just sincerely want to do it this way, and you know, I think it's it works. Well, I think you know, Trek has a reputation. In throughout its history of we've seen it on the various shows of them of Starfleet trying out new advanced technologies over time and they don't end up working mm-hmm. and they end up not pursuing them I mean the the holographic communication is a good example you know when Pike Rick makes reference to it you know take it out of the take it out of the Enterprise I'd rather go back to screen to screen communication and that sort of leads um, to the question what would the actual advantage of holographic communication be I don't see it. Other than production-wise, it looks cool. Right, right? but for us, we're talking in-universe. Yeah. What's the advantage of seeing the entire body of no. your um, you the, know, Admiral Princess Leia style in a little hologram and flickering they, at you? They do do it again much later on Deep Space Nine. I think even then they say that it's like we're experimenting and it's new or something like that. We're like, we're experimenting with this again or something like that. Mm. But... I read this really cool thing on one of the Trek message boards I posted where somebody said, you know, Pike is, after this he becomes a, later on he becomes a fleet captain, so he has more of a say in the direction of the fleet. And it may be such a way that he becomes not, I don't want to say like... Maybe a constitution class fleet captain? (laughs) Well, And he he rips out all the... (laughs) He may want to just go back, sort of like go back to basics with the fleet in some ways. Right, and not have to worry about introducing these newfangled technologies until they're actually proven. Right. Right. Because it made me wonder, you know, the way the Enterprise appears visually right now, you've got the late pulled back nacelle struts and everything, it looks a little bit different. I do wonder, like, is the Enterprise, like, experimenting with some new... Are they experimenting with the Enterprise with some new potential technology or whatever, you know? Just as a way to... You know, I'm not trying to justify the new looks or anything like that, but... Yeah, I I just don't see that... Like, explaining that they don't have holographic view, fine, view communications, rather, that's one thing. Explaining why the angle of the nacelle bars is different, yeah. is, I don't think they have to and say. And why they look like the NXO ones. Yeah. yeah, they don't have yeah. to say at a point like, well, just move the angle back to 43 degrees from know, you 37. Wanted, you wanted to to make mention of the colors and whatnot, so. Well, yeah, the colors and the rounds, um, of course. But. but, yeah, we're finding out that that technology is not, is wreaking havoc on the Enterprise and, um... Oh yeah, the yeah yeah, uh, but yeah, very really really exciting for me to actually to see number one, and she still doesn't have a name yet. Number one, I still haven't named her. Mm-hmm. What do you think but, of the name her, Majel? So I found out that in one of the novels for Discovery, I think it was a novel released before the pilot or just after the or just after the pilot. Okay. It's a prequel novel. Saru's on the cover of it, I believe. I forget the name of it, but number one is mentioned. Yeah, and the enter and Chris Pike and the Enterprise are mentioned. And in the novel, they give her the name Una, U-N-A. Okay. Yeah. That works. So. That's fine. Whatever. But the thing is, because she's, I, I thought about this the other day, like, even though she's played by Major Roddenberry originally, uh-huh. I mean, she could still end up being Christine Chabell. It could just be like, she could eventually just go into medicine or something like that later on and dyes her hair blonde. Oh. Or it could be her twin sister. I don't fucking know. But. I don't know. 
I think that'd be kind of a weird twist because, like, technically, you could do that. It, yeah, that seems. I don't know if the fans would the fans would like that, but I, that seems wild. wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that would be. But we're to go. yeah we're going you know and we're but we're definitely going to see her again. This isn't the only um, scene that she has, and I've been reading some stuff online that actually we may even see finally may get to see the Enterprise's bridge. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so. I, so I like the the relationship between. Well, you make and you make it your railings. Pike and and number one. It was just you know it was a classic sort of Star Trek. You can tell like they're really close. They have a lot of like they trust each other. They, a lot of trust. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, you had a little bit of that, which I like. She seems a little sneaky too. Well, yeah, you had a little bit of that Kirk edge to it, where it's yeah. like there's the regulations, and then there's what's the right thing to do with the moment, and they go with the right thing to do with the moment. I was reading like there was a breakdown of her character someplace where it said like she's one of these characters who. A lot of people owe her favors, right? Because she because she has a lot of these like connections here and there, and that's exactly what uh, Pike said directly. Yeah, uh, and then even that's what it was. I didn't read it. That that's what I'm remembering. I thought it was <laughs> yeah, Pike said it, and then Burnham yeah. repeated it. That's what she right. was explaining I'm later. Sorry. So it was reiterated in yes. the episode. Mm. Get your textual evidence straight, Kevin. I've been doing a lot of research online since then. I'm just okay, participating in conversation. So. Um, um, yeah, so we get her, she comes in, we hear about the Enterprise and the what's going on there. So we don't see the Enterprise. We do not see, we hear about it. We hear about it. And we see some nice, um... But it's clear, uniform. Though. We see a nice uniform, another but, one. But it's clear, though, that, like... Skirts have yeah, gone down Yeah, I, I did notice that. I did notice that. Um, good. Oh, I wonder if they'll have a line for that. Like, you know what? Those skirts really limit movement. we got to hike them up another six inches. And then the men wear them in the 24th century. That would be funny. On Picard's Enterprise. Um... But it's clear to me, like, you know, I think the fan in me and all of us, we want to see the Enterprise, but also at the same time, it's like, yeah, but this is not, that's not what this show's about. Right, but you certainly can make a quick stop. Right. When they say goodbye to Pike. But then it's like, but but if you do it, you want to make sure that it makes sense. You don't want to, I don't think you want to just do it just for the hell, because you can't. I want them to do it just because they can't. For me, it it has to make sense in the context of the plot. It has to have a story point, but I think it'd be pretty easy to give it a story point. You know, right. If you really wanted to, you could write what I feel like we're only going to see maybe like maybe like one or two more times, and that'll be it. The Enterprise. Yeah, the Enterprise. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Well, it'll be pure speculation to assume how, but right. it would be cool to see a point when the with Discovery is in trouble and Enterprise comes to its uh, aid. What's what was really striking me about this episode was that I really feel like the show, the series, is. It's feeling more like traditional Star Trek to me. We're back to it now. Last week did not, because um, last week was just so many storylines. But this had the main storyline. I don't dealt I don't, with some ideas. I don't just mean like storyline structure way, but I mean like they encounter a life form in space. They don't know what it is. They don't know what's going on. Like it was a. Yes. Even though it seems a little tropey, like we haven't seen this. Right, trouble on the ship. We got to figure it out. We haven't seen this for quite a long time, and I, and not even in the. In the films, like we, like think about it, like we had a season of Trek, obviously last year, but it was too war focused, and it was just or but, related to the war. But, but like, we did have some of that when the spore drive was in trouble, and they didn't know how to get we the had spore some drive of that. going. So not enough. We did have some of it, but yeah. like, but this was much more in clear, earnest. Like, in earnest, like not since like the days of Enterprise. Um. So. Yeah. But so what we did have though, uh, which was so good, was the fact that it was here's a problem. We're going to encounter it. We're going yep. to fail a couple times, and we're going to resolve it all in yeah. sixty minutes. 
Right. And that's what makes it very Trek-like. But yeah. the difference is that we have these storylines that are threaded through. Mm-hmm. So unlike Next Gen, where I wish there were more of that sometimes. Yeah. You know, because it sort of ends and then it just ends. It, um... This... This plot sort of reminded me of the whale probe from the voyage home. It's a massive life form. It's trying to communicate, but it's causing damage unintentionally mm. as it's trying. That's true. Um, and that, to me, that kind of spoke to me a little bit. Like, yeah, it reminded me of uh, your typical kind of. It's a life form beyond human understanding, right? Which is something from definitely a classic right. Trek trope. Um, uh, but then the interesting thing here is that we wind up having the connection between the life form and Saru, which... Right. It was so tragic. I was so scared <laughs> that we were going to lose him. Um, no. It was, so I'll tell mine before you tell yours, because okay. you liked it more. But what I felt watching it was... <clears throat> it never grabbed me that much emotionally. I just mm-hmm. more was in the, wait, can they really kill him off? And like, you just kept trying to... And I kept saying, I guess they can, because, you, to you know, they, that, they, yeah. this is still a new show, they can do whatever they want. Um... Maybe we were trying to get a captain in place or something. Um, and, you know, it did seem like there was no way out. Yeah, for me, I I was afraid that they were... I was actually afraid they were going to because um, we're in this era now of TV where anybody can just pretty much die off quickly. Um, yeah, and without, what without, people will blame is... Kind of without warning. People will put, put Game of Thrones, blame Game of Thrones. Lost, but. too. Um, but also the thing I realized was that I see Burnham Zock eventually going as her becoming a a captain and maybe of discovery, but Saru is a blocker for that. Saru would become captain of the ship before she would, and the only way that she would become captain before he does is if he was, say, transferred or even died. Mm. And that was sort of it was all make, it was all beginning to make too much sense to me. But um, I really didn't want it to. But even then, like. I feel like they could still do that. I just in retrospect now, it's too. It felt too early for that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It kind of felt too early for that. But I think the thing that I found was interesting because emotionally, for some reason, it didn't grab me. I mm. don't know why. I think just Doug Jones just did a really. I thought he just did a really good job. He did. Doing it. I, I made a note here. Um, and I, that scene when like the, she's taking him off the bridge and they all stood up and they were like almost kind of almost saluting him in a way. Yeah, I That just really. Remember when I told you? I'm like, yeah. I, cried a bit and you were yeah. like I'm like you're like wow I'm like yeah Trek never really makes me cry just the, that and that one time in Star Trek Beyond whereas when I was little I cried when Spock died see I'd seen three and four before too so I, I knew that um, so one note that I made this is a little humorous but I said Saru stole a next generation set to decorate his room <laughs> why did you say that because it had the in, in next gen that would have been outdoors you know that was like as oh, good as yeah. they could get. It would have been really. like the Enterprise D's Arboretum or something. Well, like they, that. yeah, they would have been. That would have been them, like out in the forest. <laughs> into, um, the, into the forest I go. But we got to see him with no shirt, which was yeah. interesting. But the interesting thing really was that he has essentially discovered mm-hmm. uh, that his species has been lied to. They've been told that well, you get this, this happens, and then you have to be culled. Yeah. When really, what it means is that their species is going to evolve to the next stage and whoever that other, um, you know, planet uh, occupants that want to stop it do not want them to evolve past the their fear like, state. They, yeah, they, they, and they, and what do they say? Like, none of us have evolved beyond that state before, so we don't know 
Right. Yeah. Like, I was trying to think of, like, how old they live, but he has a father who's older than he is. Well, I'd hope so. Well, no, his father was in the short trek. No, but I mean, I'd hope his father would be older than him. Well, yeah. Yes, I see what you mean. But, um, so you have to wonder, like, because I was trying to, I was trying to figure out, you know, at what stage, at what age would that happen? Is it like an age thing? Is it like a, you know. Right. Like, like, and why wouldn't it have happened to his to his father yet? But I think it could also be because because of the Saru has been so far removed from that, and it has to do with that connection with the yeah with the creature, the form, right. whatever it is. So, um, maybe that kind of forced it, and maybe that's yeah. why he didn't. Because he did say that either you get taken by the colors or mm-hmm. you die. But right. I don't know if he really knows that you die. Maybe they just tell people that. I think he, yeah. You, so you said, yeah, basically those Kelpians could still be alive somewhere. If they didn't, or, yeah, or yeah. maybe they are dead, but if they hadn't gone to the, like, floating rock to let it kill them. It would be cool if, like, they actually do encounter them at some point, <clears throat> like, where they actually... Oh, yeah, they're being, like, that, slaves up, yeah. or something, or yeah. living in a paradise. Because as far as the Kel- other Kelpians are concerned, they never see them again. They're just like, yeah, they're... All right. Yeah. Well, we did get an answer to a question that we had earlier, I particularly had, was that... Um, the colors are from the same planet as the Kelpians. Right. Because I was wondering why Starfleet wouldn't get involved if people were coming from another planet, but I guess they were just flying from the other side of the planet or something. But we were still a little, when we did that short Trek review, we were still a little, I don't know, I don't want to say disappointed, but we were still kind of confused because we're led to believe that they're like hunted, like, because Saru runs, they can run. Yeah. And it seemed like they were like... They would have been hunted. I expected there would be a large predator on their planet. Yeah, like I was thinking of... I don't know how far you got in Voyager, but there was a hunting species called the Herogen. And they hunted and they used their, um, you know, skeletal remains as trophies. And even though it wouldn't have been the Herogen because they're so far, but I was thinking of something similar to that. That's what I was Some sort of like... Yeah. Yeah, another species or another... Yeah, like a... Large predator, like one of those things in the right. arena in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I mean, and I think it would have been fine if we didn't see Saru run so fast in that episode. Yes. Um, he was into the force. Like and and who knows, maybe there was a time, because evolution, remember, evolution takes a long time. Yeah. Maybe there was a time when they were trying to not be cold and they would run away or try to hide yeah. or something, so they developed. Yeah, I'm hoping they uh, kind of rectify that a little more. I want to know more about his about his people. Yeah, but um, it's it, the, the most interesting thing is we're going to get a real tr- uh, character change because now he's not ruled by fear. He's not ruled by fear. And, and somebody, maybe that will be a bad thing. Well, and as somebody who... Uh, to get a little personal, has a lot of anxiety his whole life. Like, that's, you know, that kind of maybe hit a little extra for me. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Although I would put as a counterpoint, perhaps he's so used to being ruled by fear. He doesn't know anything else. How's he going to make decisions now when he doesn't have fear guiding him? Right. I mean, it's interesting. reckless. Well, it's interesting, though, like, you know, he has that fear, but at the same time, I'm surprised he got as far as he did, even still having it. Right. That's the that's the interesting thing. Well, it'll be interesting to see though if this is a positive change for Saru in it's, the short term. It's kind of like I kind of liken it to if somebody was say, you know, born say they were like born deaf or something, and then suddenly they're able to gain their hearing when they're like fifteen. They don't know, really know how to react to it. They just don't know because they don't know anything else. They don't know what something sounds like. Yes. And this is it's sort of him. I feel like it's him sort of gaining a new sense that he's never had any experience with. I would say that it's that it's dropping a sense that he had mm-hmm. because he's he's figured out how to operate in the world yeah being afraid all the time but he's figured out ways to work around it and yeah. to still function mm. 
And now with it gone, I don't know. I, I would like to see if they go in the direction that he becomes I think dangerously reckless and makes decisions that he well, does not I think, fully thought through. I think it's also another step into him becoming a captain. I mean, not to say the captains have to be totally fearless, but if he had as much fear as he did prior to that, I mean, who knows what kind of a captain he would have ended up. Ended up. He's a great acting captain. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I think this is a, a small stepping stone. Maybe not even a small stepping stone, just a stepping stone in general to like him becoming a captain. And I and hopefully he doesn't. But to your point, hopefully he doesn't become reckless. I think it's going to be a small stepping stone to him not becoming captain, mm. because now I think he's going to make some decisions that are not going to work out because he doesn't. He's not able to check it against this fear. Remember that was actually helpful. His threat ganglia. It was. Were helpful at points. And it was. Gone. Yeah. Um. We'll see. I mean, we'll revisit this thread. Yes. Uh, depending on what happens. We will. We will. Uh, we will. Um, one of the things I want to point out, too, is... Um, pull up my notes here. Is the... The developments with the spore drive. Um, it's looking... It's more and more likely week to week now that this is not... You're beginning to see why this is a technology that doesn't exist anymore in the 20, Like by the time you get to the 24th century. Because we we're getting more hints of like this is really really a dangerous technology. Yes. Um, yes. I just want to say one final thought on oh, sure. Saru. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Which was just we saw the relationship with Michael mm. move forward a lot and how yeah, close they really are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's an important development. Yeah. They truly are. Um, you know, maybe family. Actually, Two people that are lost, sort of. One doesn't quite have a home with Vulcans, not with humans, and one doesn't have a home with this home at all. I'm thinking of a new thing now, new theory now. Maybe, kind of, just kind of based off what you were saying, maybe he doesn't become captain. Do you say because of that? Say like Michael becomes captain over him, and he could maybe he realizes like I'm not ready for that yet. Like I still, I still have these like things to deal with or something like that. He's better as a number one. Yeah. Potentially, and, and I don't know. It would make sense. I mean, certainly they would work well together. Um, I think. So. But anyway, so on the spore drive thing, so, you know, I hate to be the, con- forgive my continuity stuff and trying to rectify stuff like this, but but it's a theory. It's a theory I always had that, you know, we wondered why don't we see the spore drive? Why don't we see this technology much later on? And we've been talking about it since day one of this podcast. The first time we saw it was that it, maybe it's proving to be a, Technology that's just too dangerous to use. Yes, we, but it's interesting and, because we always thought it was too dangerous on the Federation side. Right. And we've already seen that it's damn dangerous. Mirror but universes. We're getting more of this week to week. I mean, we've. I mean, we've seen. Yeah, mirror universe and um, you know time travel. But even before that, you needed the tardigrade to work it, and then the tardigrade. Yeah, you needed a human. And yeah, then a human, and then Stamets kind of went. Yeah. yeah. So there was already enough there to say to say stop. Yes. Exactly. But then. Um, you know, you got the spore that came out, went into Tilly, evolved into this new life form, uh-huh. this dangerous blob, basically, uh-huh. um, and it becomes this person from Tilly's memory, May. Right. But then is able to communicate as a spore being. Correct, and then and informs the. And when Stamets, Stamets is speaking to her, speaking to May, I mean, May identifies itself as belonging to a species called the Jasep. Mm-hmm. Which they're threatened by this alien intruder that began appearing at random intervals and damaging their ecosystem. It's like, well, clearly the discovery. Yes, it's showing up and 
at random times doing all these jumps and it's yeah it's it's damaging yeah it's damaging their ecosystem yeah. and so and so if federation is sticking to its primary role is yeah as we know being it, exploratory there's no way that they can do this because right. they're supposed to not i mean they're barely even supposed to interfere with a with a speed uh, uh, you know societies at all never mind wreak and, havoc on them and it goes back to and i I would highly recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it. There's a Voyager episode called Equinox mm-hmm. that deals with very with a very. And I, I may have even said this back in the early days of our podcast. It's the season five finale. Um, it's a two-parter, and it's about Voyager finds out there's another Federation starship out lost in the Delta Quadrant called the USS Equinox, mm-hmm. and. They arrived in the Delta Quadrant, I think, after Voyager did, but they seem but they seem to have covered as much territory as they have. They've traveled just as far as they have. And Voyager was using shortcuts and getting like ten thousand layers off this and that. So they're like, "How are you? Well, how?" And they were a smaller vessel. Yeah. And they were like, "How are you able to travel this far, as far as we have?" And it turns out that they were they they're hiding kind of a dirty secret in that they not a spore drive, not a spore drive, but. It, they're calling it an enhanced warp drive, where they there are these aliens from another realm that they're able to like. They have some sort of like. Get out of here! <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. I forget. I forget. Like I don't remember like the inner workings of how it was, but they these aliens possessed something that allowed them to trap to enhance their warp drive and travel very fast. But at the cost of it, they would kill. They'd be killing these life forms. Sounds like the spore drive. Maybe so, they just changed it to enhanced warp. Player. And uh, actually, in the captain of the Equinox captain, his name was Captain Ransom, mm. um, has a very Lorca thing about him. Captain Lorca Ransom. thing has a very Lorca way about him. And when Janeway finds out that they're doing this, of course, you know, Janeway was all about Starfleet, Federation principles. Of course, she, uh, you know, does the Janeway thing and flips out, gives him the, gives him the lecture, like, how can you do this? And, yeah. you know, you're abandoning your principles. You're not being... And... That's the, and so, that's the cliffhanger, between it's you know so it's like this battle between the two of them about you know, you're abandoning your you know you're abandoning your Starfleet principles, so it has a very yeah it has a very similar uh, uh, there's a very similar vibe to it I would highly recommend checking that one out. Yeah, it sounds like it could very well be a sport drive to be honest. Yeah, although an enhanced sport drive, <laughs> yeah. as they call it. Which would make sense that they wouldn't keep calling it a spore drive because as um, that finale was like twenty years ago, I believe. As what's the uh, woman's name um, played by Tig Notaro? Jet Reno, who I gotta say is fantastic. As Jet Reno points out, yeah, if you keep calling it like a mushroom drive, then people are gonna make fun of it <laughs> because she said because like, you, you just you just picked them up their pizza. Yeah, um, she is a great she's a great scene stealer. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's only been, she's only had like two episodes, really, like two big scenes. Yeah. But But it's interesting that she's always sort of like off with them, you know? She doesn't interact with anyone else. I made, so I made a couple notes in that interesting conversation. So it's funny how Stamets goes and starts down the road of, um, Mm. you know, uh, dilithium mining has destroyed worlds and we fought wars over it. So, like, kind of as being oil. And he points to how Earth almost choked itself out of existence. Right. Um, but one thing he said that, of course, must have been intentionally weird is uh, how solar panels uh, were on toasters. 
Because you were saying how everything, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Toasters had solar panels all over them. Well, I was eating toast before we began recording this, I think, as you saw. Yeah. So. Which at first struck me as silly, but then I did remember that there are some... Like I had a watch that had a solar panel that even light in a room would power it. So maybe that's what it meant, but it still sounded very strange. Mm. Um, and then another line I thought she had was great, being especially being an English teacher, was that she said, um, I can fix that analogy with duct tape, too, if you want. <laughs> that was great. She's very, you know, she's a, she reminds me a lot of McCoy. She's a very sort of, like, almost out of time... McCoy always, to me, came off as, like, this guy from the 20th century who was, like, transplanted from the 20th, 20th century into the 23rd century. He still, oh, had, a, he still yeah. had a very sort of, like, modern way about him. And yeah, his kind of grouchiness. Yeah, and I he didn't like the transporter, and... She's got the grouchiness, yeah, you're right. And, and I, actually, so, yeah. my wife was saying how, when she watched her scene, she thought that she seemed very out of time and out yes, of place. Yes, that this. It was almost too 21st century... Yeah, wasn't it century. something like she would say when she mentioned pizza? Like, if it was on one of the older shows, it'd be like, this 20th century yeah. delic food called pizza or something like yeah, that. Yes, so the older shows would sort of acknowledge what they would say, you know, even... Uh, there were a few things in those scenes. David Bowie also. She um, said she dreamed, dreamed she was playing Bandit with Prince. Yeah, with Prince. Yeah. Um, now, it's not totally out of the ordinary because no. we had that on the original series and even, like, Enterprise. Now, if she had said she was playing bass guitar with, like, Pretty be the horizon or asking Alexandria, I'd be like, fuck yes. Yeah, didn't Trip listen to country music or something? I don't know, probably. I think he did. I don't remember. I think he did. Yeah. And um, so, you know, these things are not out of the ordinary, and, um, and they all love Shakespeare. So there haven't been any yeah. great writers since As Shakespeare in General, the, General in the, Chang, yeah. In the Star Trek universe. And Khan. General Chang and Khan loved Shakespeare. Every line that General Chang and spoke in six. Kirk liked Shakespeare, too. Kirk liked Shakespeare, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like these are going the way of Shakespeare. They're just they're, hundreds of years later. They're still being they're still being mentioned. Yes, um, but I like that you, you but by relating it to um, to Bones, it makes yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah, maybe she's his sister. Oh come on! Do you really make people mad then? I know nobody. Everybody has to be related to somebody, right? Like, right yeah. You can't. Nobody can be their own thing. Um, that would be funny though, or that if she even funny. like, or if she even like mentions it or whatnot. Or, or if she's the wife that divorces him and takes his, only leaves him with his bones. <laughs> In the alternate reality, of course. Yeah, but I'm um, sure. But we could say it happened this way. He um, still can get divorced to her. In, well, they always said that. I I'd always read that if there was a fourth season of the original series, we would have met Bones's daughter. Really? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Although <laughs> he never made reference to her to having one, but it's a very strange specific thing of all the things. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, so then we yeah, we get this whole Tilly situation, we find that out. Um, she gets swall basically swallowed up by this thing by the end, which was Yes. Well she happened once and then she gets swallowed up by it again. Right. Then they all get hallucinogenic mushrooms. Yeah, they're high on mushrooms. Them. They're high on mushrooms basically. But they fight their way through. Yeah. And you know, they get uh, the orb. Mm. Finally, they figure out it's trying to communicate with Saru yeah. through his flashes of ultraviolet light. Mm. He does not die. Thankfully. 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 And I, didn't want, I really didn't want to do like a Tashiya thing where he just died randomly in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's a testament to television now that at least that we didn't know. Because you know? that, at the time, though, like, to delve on that for a second, like, that was probably completely unexpected. 
Because that wasn't something that, norm that you normally... But didn't that happen between seasons, really? No, that happened, like, next-gen. That happened, like... It happened, like, three-quarters of the way into the season. Okay. But yeah. I think it was around when they were renegotiating. Some... Yeah. Well, that was but her name, her name remained in the opening titles. I, I, I okay. honestly feel like back then, like, that was a big thing. Like, oh, we have to spend money and update the titles to take their name out of it. Oh, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> why we don't... Yeah, or there was some contract. There was some contract thing, right? Yeah. But no, she was. Um, she was. Yeah, it was like three quarters of the way through. I think there were like maybe like. God, I, I want to say somebody. I have to look, yeah. but I feel like there were only like four or five episodes. And it could have been that they just knew season. she wasn't coming back next season, so they decided yeah. well, let's kill her off. I have now. to wonder like how bad it was for her that she decided she couldn't even say the rest of the season. I know, right? She hated it. Is that what it was? She wanted to move on to a feature film career. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, that, that never goes well when people try to do that. Although, seems. so, I don't know Except if Except for me, George Clooney. So, it's funny, though. She, her final episode, her final air, last aired episode was called Skin of Evil. It's where she died. Yeah. But it wasn't the Didn't last one. did she come one. back for, like, Hold a, on. So, they, they filmed that, but she actually had to film one more episode after that. They, so, they filmed them because they filmed them out of order. Mm -hmm. So, that was actually not her final Okay, right, right. Thing, right? So. Was it, like, a clone of her come back later? In yesterday. Well, yeah, but, uh, Yeah. No, yes and no. Or time travel. Out it's of a time, time travel thing. Yeah. It's yesterday's Enterprise. But what I what like I thought was really really what I thought was really sexy funny gear for some reason is um the producer of Trek back then Rick Berman. Mm -hmm. Do you know the name? You know yeah, I do He um I follow him on Twitter. He t he tweeted a picture of Tasha's com badge. Yeah. And he said this was Denise Crosby's com badge. She gave it to me on the last day of shooting. Until skin, of, skin, of, skin of evil, which yeah. right. So Denise Crosby comments on the on his tweet and goes, "Actually, that was not the last episode I filmed. Yeah, the last episode I filmed was oh god, I can't remember what it was." The, but she said, "She said, and actually, I didn't give it to you. You came over and ripped it off my uniform <laughs> and said to me, well, I guess you won't be needing this anymore.'" <laughs> That's great. That's great. He tried to make it this poignant, right. nice. Uh, what a goob. Yeah. What a goober. Um, I want to, you know, and I want to, down the line, <laughs> down the line at some point I want to do, like, a podcast that's sort of about sort of, like, some Trek behind the scenes stuff just over the years. And that's, mm. I want to, he's actually somebody I want to, I want to just, I do want to discuss that era of Trek. Yeah. At yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because it's so different than... <laughs> than now but right um, and he really steered the ship for a long time he did uh, he did but that's a uh, that's another episode um, <laughs> and so widely not but as so yeah, as another episode. as this as this season is progressing mm. um, I feel like I kind of touched upon this uh, in other podcasts from this season but I really feel like the show right now has been kind of I feel like the show has almost rebooted itself in a way because it is—it's just like it's not the same type of show from last season. And I feel like, you know, going back and watching the first episode of the season and just watching it progress, you know, obviously we have Pike there and whatnot, and even the sets look a little bit different now. Yeah. Um, if you actually want to be an eagle-eyed viewer as I am, the bridge set actually slightly changed between scenes because you had the finale and then this one, mm -hmm. so they kind of changed the bridge around a little bit. Pike has his new ready room, mm -hmm. um, so there are all these like design changes too. It's like it's more it's it's the lighting is much brighter. There's much more there's more of like a positive sort of fun vibe in a way, which and, makes sense because we're yeah. moving from the, the 
you know, the regime of Lorca. Right. Which, of course, things are darker. Nobody has a place to sit down. Right. Everybody has to eat fortune cookies. Right. Um, I feel like the show is really, you know, the best way I can put it again, I feel like it's like it's kind of, in a way, rebooted itself. And so it's, almost, it's almost like it's, it's, not, it's not disregarding what happened before, but it kind of, but what happened in the first season, to me, is not, like, if you, if you jumped on the beginning of this season, having not seen last season, I feel like you wouldn't have been, I mean, maybe the final moments, but like, the events that took place over the course of the first season, I feel like just don't really bear much on this season. I mean, the only thing I think is you have the introduction of the Enterprise and maybe just the Spore Drive, but I mean, what, I think, el- what else really? Well, I think the, if they're going to keep this Klingon thing going, there's that. But right. I think we have, having watched it all, the context of the relationships between the characters is the biggest thing that we would miss. Yeah. Because we never got to see dickhead stamps. No. <laughs> if you didn't see the first one. And you didn't get oh, to see, God. like, super insecure Tilly. I was watching the... And all those things. I was watching that episode, Context for Kings. I was watching that this morning. Mm-hmm. And it's the first episode where we meet, see the Discovery and meet the crew. And I'm like, man, Stamets is such a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> He's such, such a fucking dickhead. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think it's very, uh, yeah, our area term, too, dickhead. Yeah. Uh, but... Pardon yeah. the regional dialect. Small and sort of small observations, but I'm, I'm loving that the the bridge crew again is getting more time. I love that we have that Saurian now who's being featured again, the one who sneezed on the science officer from the Enterprise in the turbo lift. I love when he said, "I had a cold last week. It sucked," and I, I just I don't yeah I don't know if I like him as the comic relief guy that like whenever you see him in a scene you're like, "Oh, it's coming! It's coming! Well, He's gonna say something funny." <laughs> but even so, I I mean, I laughed. But, yeah, yeah. No, I get um, it. I just hope that he doesn't become. But he this. also has a very comical name. He's an he's an alien named Linus. Yeah. Which is a very yeah yeah. But you know, I mean, come on. He's named after somebody on Charlie Brown. I mean, sounds a little speciesist to me, right? You have the token lizard guy, cracking jokes. Well, when lizards start complaining about their rights, then maybe I don't know. Um, we need a universal translator to find out. Yeah, but I liked I liked that the. Uh, because I was thinking about thinking about this, I was like, "How many regulars do we have? We have Pike, we have Tilly, we have Burnham, we have um, Detmer." De- well, I'm I'm talking like from holdovers from season one. So you have uh, so you have like Pike, Burnham, Saru, Tilly, and Stamets. That's five. Yeah. The other Pike's ones, not really a holdover from season one. No, or but he's a but he, so forget what I said that. But he's a main character. Right, so you have you have five real main characters. These other ones you have are just yeah. the the bridge crew and even the doctor in sickbay, whose name I forget. They're sort of recurring characters. Oh yeah, but the I, doctor. But I love what, the, what is just per, what a personalityless doctor. Well, like we don't even know. That's the thing. We don't even know who because every before this, like every Trek show had you had to have an actor play that role. You, you somebody's going to be the captain. Who's going to be the first officer? Who's going to be the science officer? Who's going to be the pilot? Who's going to be the chief engineer? Who's going to be the doctor? Yeah. And we don't really have that. Discovery's not filling all of those roles. We don't have a main. So in other words, we don't have a main character as the doctor. We don't have a main character as the chief engineer. Isn't Stamets the chief? Engineer? He's not the chief engineer. Who is he? Um. <laughs> We, but they, he and Tilly wind up doing all the engineering. But the thing is, they've even said, we've actually, that set that they're in, that's not even main engineering. We haven't even seen main engineering yet on oh, the okay. show. So, yeah, good riddance. Um, good, 
Good riddance. I don't know. I don't need it. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's evident of Discovery kind of breaking away from that. Yeah. Because if you if or you... or um, alternate opinion, alternate take. Mm. It's them breaking away from that, or it's them not planning the show well. I don't. I don't know. That sounds. That sounds a little cynical to me. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you if you look back at from the original series right up through Enterprise, they all have. I mean, Next Generation on, like they're using a templated. It's almost templated. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, counter something. Well, no, no, no. I'm ta- something. No, no, no. I'm talking about the 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 regulars. Like again, oh, okay. You got to have a captain as the focus. You've got to have a first officer. You've got to have a navigator slash con officer slash pilot. Right. You've got to have the chief engineer, the chief yeah. medical officer. The and it's more like they just fill the slots exactly differently. Like exactly. you have. Um, I mean, it was even the same thing like with the sets too. Okay. I mean, you got to have the bridge, obviously, but like you know, then you got to have the long corridors. You got to have the engineering, yeah. sick bay, like. Yeah. The, but they're all, and even in the case of like say Next Gen and Voyager, like Voyager used the same used the same soundstage as Next Gen. Right, they're right. They're almost right. like in the same. The sets were also even like in the exact same spot. Right. But as far as the characters go, it was more a matter of where are you going to put the different personality types. Right. So who's going to be the smart alecky or like the weird ones? So you got Flox as the Doctor on exactly. Enterprise, and then you got to have the alien who comments on humans. Yes. Right. And who's that going to be? Who's that going to be? I mean, Saru. And it's weird that we have Saru, but he doesn't do that. He's not. No, he's not. No. But I mean, Discovery, I think, broke away from that in the sense, I mean, even from the beginning, because the focus of the show was not the captain. Before this, every... Yeah. Burnham was not captain. Before this, every main... Every star of the show was the captain of the ship. Well, that was heavy. It was... Yeah. It was Michael, but it was very heavy uh, Lorca also. And we got a lot of Lorca point of view. Right, but... It, we did, but he wasn't the main no, focus. Right. Right, so. Yeah, so they're not doing that. But as we've talked about this before, and I think we've even said that we find it one of the places where it is a weakness of the show. It doesn't make it bad, but hmm. the fact that we don't get to know Detmer that much, or right. I can't think of her name, but the other character who we finally were so happy to see her when she went down to the planet yeah, on the away team. Because um, you've got these people, and here's the thing. They've cast, um, like, strong-seeming people in these roles. Mm. They're good, great act- actors, actresses, actors. Mm. And um, whereas I feel like on the original series, you just had a couple people, like we always say, the ones that would just kind of stand in the background and push buttons. Well, and they all look the same. They're only right. white dudes. With I mean, there's there's five more regulars on the bridge. You got, the, I mean, the two people you mentioned, the two navigators, the, the navigator and the, the helmsman. Mm-hmm. You the have robot lady. Right, and then you have the other two guys, the um, the communications officer, and you have the other guy, the name I forget. Yeah. You have, it's Bryce and... Uh, Bryce, really? I think his name is Bryce, and you have the, the other guy whose name I forget. But I think, I don't think, but I don't think there's, and then you have Saru and Burnham, and then you have Pikes, and I, I'm pretty sure that's everybody, I think they're making use of the entire bridge crew, like there's no, to your point, there's no extra in the background, just... I don't know, Bryce is pretty close to an extra in the background, right? We got no, he has lines. He speaks. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but again, to your point, there's no like, yeah, you, you just have somebody like in the background. Yeah, just kind just of purely like, they. hey, if we don't give the guy lines, we get to pay him like so, the extra rate. Well, the thing is, and I'm so really quick, like side comment, you know, like when we have the when we have the presidential election on CNN, they have like the, they have, like, that, 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 they'll like analyze it by state and kind of like that touch screen and it yeah. comes down and they do the, 
So I was watching, I think it must have been the 2018 midterms. So you have, like, at the main desk, you have Wolf Blitzer and, like, whoever else is there talking. In the background, you have the one guy just, like, hitting the big screen. I'm like, he's like a background on a... It's like a bridge officer background yeah, actor yeah. from Star Trek. And then, just back there just kind of... And sometimes they show a weird <laughs> angle and you see people at computers, like, typing and stuff right, in the background. They're really just, yeah. Yeah. Bridge characters. So, um... Yeah, but I want to see, as we've said, now we might not get this because we don't have 25 episodes a season to fill or whatever it was, mm. but I want to see, you know, like the Detmer episode and the Jordy's Love Life episode. <sighs> I don't, you, um, want, you want filler is what you want. Jordy's Love Life was not filler, okay? That was character depth. Uh, no, I don't want filler, but I would just... No, 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 in this... In this time it's filler because it takes away from the yes, main. Yes, right. But I, At the but, time then that so, wasn't filler. Right. But so I, what I want is them incorporated more into the main story. Right. That's what I want to see. Because, you know, I mean, come on, Detmer, it's cool looking. She's got red hair and she's got a shaved head and an eye thing coming around. Yeah. It's cool. The robot lady. You were calling her, I'm so glad you were calling her by name. For the longest time you kept calling her eye lady. I know. Well, I've learned. I learned. And I told you her name from the beginning, and you still kept calling I it. kept forgetting. I still kept telling you. Uh, I'd you remind go, you every single time. The robot lady? And you're like, they never say your name. I'm like, I'm like they, said it, they said it like in the third episode. Yeah, one. it's weird. The whole season, they might have said it twice. But still, um, yeah, they expect you to remember that. And then the other character who went down the, yeah. on the away team. What was and her then, name? I forget. Um, I'll have to check on memory alpha. Um, but then you have Aram, the, uh, the robot who I love. Um, I think that... That character is really is a lot of fun. Not a robot, don't forget. Oh yeah, when you said, "Why is everybody so impressed with data?" And then they figured it out. Now, it was okay. That actually brings up a point. Now that we're in the bollocking time, yeah. Um, I was thinking <laughs> about. <laughs> I was thinking about why I felt so bent out of shape because that was a continuity thing, really, that I was getting bent out of shape about. I guess. But here's why. I realized. Not an android. Because, um, you know, that's, I don't know, to me anyway, that felt more major and like than if they have holograms instead of flat screens. But to have a whole thing where so much of a big deal is made out of... Uh, so I guess it depends on how important the thing that you're wearing Well, about. I remember on Next Gen, at least in the first few, few seasons, Data was treated like he was new. Like a new life form, as it were. As it was. Yes, right. So, like I said, if they had been dealing with um, Commander yeah. Arium. Arium. Uh, but we know that Commander Arium is just a uh, human with a bunch of, you know, add, added uh, parts. Mm. Okay. Um, and then, so then we got, yeah, we got um, Lieutenant J.G. Joanne uh, Owos Sekun, Ops Officer. Yes. Then we've got uh, Lieutenant Keela Detmer, con officer. Keela Detmer, yeah. Then we've got Reese, tactical officer. Yes. And Bryce, B Lieutenant B.A. Bryce. Bryce, correct. Communications officer. The one who said the Enterprise was hailing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, well, I want to see them. Yeah, and I don't, and again, I don't think. Do, especially. I, I'm fairly certain that's everybody on the bridge. Especially Arium, because. Yeah. Come on. She's got to be able to do something with all those extra parts. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's everybody. That's everybody on the bridge too. So, um, so that, yeah, they're making good use of all of these uh, additional background players um, and do a much better job of it than the than the previous shows have done. 
company. Because you think you figure Picard's Enterprise had a thousand people on board, and like, <clears throat> I remember like watching an interview with Rick Berman saying like, why on deep like say for example on Deep Space Nine, it was easier to introduce like nine recurring characters in addition to like the nine regulars because like there were just people coming and going all the time, and I was like, but those additional characters are on the station all the time anyway. And the Enterprise... And he's like, it was dip more difficult on a spaceship. And I'm thinking, no, like, wasn't. the Enterprise had a thousand people on board, for God's sake. Yeah, you tell me you can't... I mean, yeah, you didn't have to give every new character you wanted a no, bar. No, but it's, it was a case of, like, the Enterprise had a thousand people on board. Like, you can... You can see them once or a couple times, and then they disappear because there's a thousand more people on yeah, board. Yeah, I like, guess the, but, but maybe they just were not, like, the logical just, places to run into them. Not... I guess. Which is why 10 forward, you got to have Guinan because... Well... You know, and even 10 forward, they had to explain. See... Now, we recognize that we don't need a bar because we have replicators, but we think that it's good for social functioning of the crew to have a place like this. But see, this was my... This was my issue. And I understand... I understand how it... Why they didn't do this, but... When you consider, like... Officers in Starfleet, I mean... You take the take Enterprise for example, okay. When by the time the series finale came, it was ten years after the ship was launched, and in and in ten years, Hoshi and May and Mayweather are still ensigns. Yeah. Realistically, you get promoted and move on to another position, and somebody comes in and takes your old position. Well, yeah. But obviously, in, but in, in Enterprise, real world, there weren't many other places to go. Okay, so they have an excuse fine. for that show. But, but None of the other ones. Voyager or The Next Generation or even yeah. DS9, like... And look, I get it. It's because they're actors and they're under contract and, you know... And just... Or yeah, stuff, maybe stuff isn't worth it. I don't know. But, like, you could easily... But I feel like Discovery would do this. Like, somebody could get promoted and move on. Yeah. And bring in somebody new to take that... Oh, absolutely. It's a matter of... It's also what television was at the time. Yeah. In the 80s. It was much more rigid. In the 80s television was, you know, you wanted to go to the place where everybody knew your name. You want to know the characters, you want to know the relationships, you want to, mm-hmm. you want to feel like checking in with your old friends. Right. You don't want to see change and whatnot. At least that was what the studios thought. Which is why yeah. they keep things... They had, they had a much more rigid approach. And it's true, though. When I watch an episode of Next Generation, I do have that feeling of like, ah, oh, this is, you know, a pleasant place for me to you, go. You think, you, you look at all the shows like Cheers, they're just all sort of in the... That was Voyager the I understood, because they were lost, so like you couldn't really... Yeah. You know. Maybe Picard just kept, uh, you know, blocking them from getting promoted. I mean, Riker had... <laughs> Doesn't seem like Riker had promotion in front of him multiple times. That's and he, true. And he didn't take it until finally he took it in Nemesis, so... That's true. At least they covered that. Yeah. And we'll have to see what Picard is on his series. I don't think he's, he's not going to be a captain anymore, I don't believe. I think he's going to be anything. Um... He's just going to be Picard. He's going to be, yeah, Picard. I think he's going to be Section 31 Chief, and he's going to wear that vest from um, First Mm. Contact and have machine gun lasers. And it's going to be like, you know, Rambo to space. I did did wonder myself, though, at the end of this episode when they finally were able to translate what the uh, sphere was saying. Mm -hmm. Pike mentions that... Uh, Federation of Starfleet scientists are going to be studying this for hundreds of for hundreds of years, and I thought, it's, he's like it's going to be extremely archaeological. And I'm like, is Picard going to be uh, checking this thing out on his show? You know, in hundred years from now. I hope not. Is this are you? Are you? Uh, yeah, are you are you hinting at Picard? Are you planting a seed, basically. Are you planting a space seed. 
Oh, you mm. nailed it right there. Thank you. Drop the mic. I'm it's attached to something. I don't, don't want to drop the it. mic. It's going to make a loud noise. It's attached. I don't want to hurt the listener ears. It's on a very nice mic stand. Tip over the mic stand. Um, cool. So, so yeah, I think we finally we made a short one. We did. So we'll be back <laughs> on. We'll be back next week or this week. Next week, I don't know. Uh, next weekend with the yes. following episode, which is called Saints of Imperfection. Say, do we have any haters' corners before we check out? Um, nothing too new. Okay. Um, mostly kind of same old from what I've seen. Kind of same old, same old. People okay. trying to rectify the the differences between the okay. visual differences between original series and they're, again they're getting much too uh, much too people are getting much too hung up on that. I know I, I and look it's I'm guilty to of it too. We, we always I, say it's fun to talk about, but it doesn't ruin our people experience. are getting hung up on it. But they're doing it like and I know I maybe I am too, but I'm I'm spinning theories and being positive about. It. I'm not being I'm not I'm not trying to discredit discovery. Right. And using that as a reason to The show can't be good because yeah. the uh, view screens don't look the same. Yeah, although in, in the conversation I came across this morning about it, somebody posted a screenshot from uh, Rogue One and said, see, Star Wars has a fine. Well, go for it. But they didn't. I mean, they did actually upgrade the things. I mean, they couldn't have the yeah garbage from before. But, but they kept true enough to it. Yeah. That's um, true. They did do it. But we talked about that a few weeks ago. I, mean, I asked you, I'm like, why is it okay for Star Wars to do it? Oh, now? that's right, because yeah. it, it looks so good in the first place, whereas <laughs> Star Trek didn't. That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, but we already covered. We already covered that. So, um, um, did I hear any haters corners? Oh, um, no, but, and you can cut this out if you want. And I don't mind. People say you can cut this up. I'm, I'm not going to. Well, so, <laughs> so I think because people will know, will probably know what podcast I'm talking about because it's probably the only podcast doing this. Mm. But who cares, right? We need some attention. Maybe if people get mad at us, they'll, they'll say it. Talk so you're going to do this? You're going to do this for the whole in hope of getting some promotional? The hope of creating a Twitter fight? No, not really. Oh, but God. so I was listening. Are to we? Are we? Are we? George Takei, and you're going to pick a fight with Shatner? No, you, you <laughs> can, and you can get rid of this one. But I was listening to a. Um, Don't name the podcast. Unnamed podcasts mm. of people, and they sound like they might be from like the northern middle of the country, like maybe Canada or like Michigan or something. Well, Canada's a different country. <laughs> You're right, but... and I know that obviously. I'm a history teacher. Right. But you know what I mean? They have that like Fargo accent. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, they announced a new show that they're going to be making, and it's a much fanfare. And the new show will be a live, like, show that's going to take place during the new episodes of Picard. Mm-hmm. And my immediate What do you mean? Like, they're going to be podcasting while the show's airing? Yes. Like, so it's like a live commentary, a yes. live podcast commentary. Yes. Okay. And my, my thought was just that, why would you want to comment on something the first time you watch it? Don't you want to watch it first? Like... I mean, we've done audio commentaries for stuff, but... I know, but not live the first time it airs. No. It's like they're not even giving any time to absorb the thing as a thing. Not even for the, not it. even just for the listeners, but like, not even just for the listeners, but them too. Like, they're watching it for the first time. Like, yeah. you're kind of handicapping yourself and the listener. When I watch it, I want to watch it. I want to experience it. Yeah, like I'll, remember. maybe afterwards, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I sincerely doubt anybody who watched The Cage 
listened to our commentary for the first time while they were watching it. <laughs> for the first time, while it was airing on yeah. TV. Well, no, like just going back and like, oh, maybe I'll check that out. And, you know, but we've already set up commentary, so it's not really big hits anyway. No, they're not. Um, but anyway, that's a very, I just thought it was a crazy idea. I think it's, it's, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that live. It goes back to the days. I remember when TV tried to be like, people apparently like to be on their phones. So let's like run a this feed is, on know, the TV of Twitter funny. comments. You brought that up because I found a, I know I talk about the show every so often, but I found a YouTube channel where somebody, people were watching Lost for the first time and they were recording, they were filming themselves watching the show. You don't see the episode because, you know. Yeah. But it's. Oh my God, it's like trailer reactions? They're TV show reactions? Yeah, and it's like watching the whole episode and like they're talking while it's, oh and I'm like, okay, if there's any show to not do that for, it's that show because you watched it you remember all the details and everything yeah. you could miss yeah. I'm like no like I never want to watch like new episodes of anything with anybody because I don't want to be taken I need to absorb the experience yeah or it's like myself. I remember like the one that I very much would have like parties for was the X-Files and we had a rule at the parties where I was like you cannot talk until the yeah, I mean, like, you did. literally cannot we tell if someone's first time over we would say listen you cannot talk unless it's a commercial yeah, like, and then if someone talked they would get like yelled at <laughs> I high school college like I had viewing I went to, I had and went to viewing parties for Lost and like but yeah we never spoke like the most you would get is like collective reactions or something yeah yeah and okay now we're really going into garbage time but I like <laughs> stop calling it that so it's a football term <laughs> okay but so and I'm after, not the right person for that, all right so actually so after one team is ahead by so many points that the other team cannot and you just know win. That. Yeah. You know yeah. it's garbage time, and even the other team might score a touchdown, but that's only because... They're so far ahead, you don't have to pay attention. Yeah, the you team that's winning doesn't yeah. have to try very gotcha. hard. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, that's garbage you time. You can't do that with and you can't do that with, with a live show of Picard or something like that. No, you can't have garbage time. So, <laughs> here's the deal. Like, oh yeah, we know he's going to get saved by the board, this is garbage time. Oh yeah, trailer... Uh, so the the trailer reactions in all any of those like if, I was filming, if we did one where it was like watch us watching Discovery first off people would be bored out of their minds no. but it's just so very performative you know like people feel like they let's say you watched a, if you were making one of those and you watched the trailer and it didn't really excite you you wouldn't just I, I you don't, know you'd have to act you'd have to like play it up you're like oh my god well I, I mean if that were me I'd be like well I didn't really react so I'm not going to upload this <clears throat> Well, I'm sure most of them, though, they want their um, hits, so... Look, I'm... I, so, we were talking before we were recording, so... Yeah, I mean, I was saying, I'm a millennial. I'm, like, midway into the millennial thing. I'm, you know, born mid-80s, but, like... And I always associate that as being a millennial thing, but maybe or maybe a little after that. I don't like these... Yeah, I don't like these reaction things to... Like, when I saw people posting their reactions to like the, the Force Awakens trailer and like mm. crying and whatnot. I'm just I don't I don't look I don't mean to I'm not trying to discredit you know, no, Star no, Wars I mean, me. I'm just like I guess what I'm saying is it's like maybe I am a little cynical because I was trying to tell you I'm not but maybe I am a little bit <laughs> I know you are it's I think it's a case of me saying who are you and why do I care what why do I care what your reaction is to this trailer right and maybe if well here's what you I know. think here's here's my probably based on nothing because we're really in garbage time but my theory of how stop saying we're in garbage time (laughs) so let's you're you're discrediting this part of the you're discrediting (laughs) us as you say this okay sorry so let's say someone posted a reaction trailer because like Mm. someone authentically had a big reaction and their friend filmed it right so then they put it up and they're like oh it's so crazy like look how much they overreacted but it was sincere yeah it got a lot of views 
people said, oh, so mm-hmm. if I watch a trailer and freak out, then I'll get a lot of views. And then that's how it's You know, I liken it to those people who do those unboxing videos. I just got a new PS4. I'm going to unbox it. <laughs> I, that's pretty boring. It is pretty the boring. PS4. I, I once had this idea, and I did it a long time ago, um, a couple of years back. I did my own reaction video, but I, I did a reaction to an old movie trailer. Yeah. I did I did a reaction trailer to actually I did a reaction to the trailer to Star Trek the Motion Picture. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was your reaction? So my friend Davey and I did it. You, and the point was to make fun of this. Yes, yes. I ended up walking out away in the middle of the trailer. So like you see me on the bottom with a webcam and I just <laughs> end up walking away and that's the trailer's playing, there's just an empty chair there. Like at first I start right. watching it and then I begin to lose interest. I'm like then you see me like on my phone. And uh, then I actually get up and walk away. Yeah. Midway into the trial, I would have done it for the movie too. Right. Uh, well, um, <laughs> and then I thought about doing unboxing videos for like me getting groceries, like just yeah. making okay, fun so, of the absurdity of the whole thing. So like, there's taking a, a very uh, sort of like Dave Letterman approach to it. Yeah. So there's a uh, YouTube people that I like, Red Letter Media. Hold on, I want to clarify. Are we in garbage time? No. <laughs> I, I I decided I was going to stop saying that. We are now in the bonus <sighs> chat. This is gonna, I'm going to call it the bonus chat. This is where people get to see, know who we, how we, what we're really like, I guess. <laughs> this is what we call free... This is, the, this is the getting to know your hosts. This is what we call bonus free content. This is the free enterprise. Oh. Mm. So, Red Letter Media, the YouTube uh, film review comedy type thing I like. Yeah, yeah. And um, they did one where it was George Lucas unboxing a like box of salad greens. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny because going, yeah. oh, they just pop up. Oh, they know how they look at the box first. Like, oh, it's a clear box. It's got a sticker and it says, "I've got Rad- Radaccio." And was it really him doing Lucas doing it? No, it was just oh. one of them dressed up like Lucas. That was a good impersonation. Cool. It was really funny. So, <laughs> to wrap this up, um, actually, so if I could maybe start a segment, sort of um, introduce a new segment. So. Um, Basically, to recommend another podcast. So I've been I, I've told you before. Whoa, whoa, I'm, whoa, whoa. sorry. We to have an executive meeting about this. I know. Um, I just want well, maybe to know. not maybe not a recurring segment. Just something I came across over the last week that All I'd right. like to recommend. Sure, but so I just have to can... say, for the record, right? He has taken hallucinogenic mushrooms. There are no other Star Trek Discovery Wait. podcasts out there. Well, there are not. Well, it's not a dis- so just well, it's not a discovery. Keep that in mind. It's not a discovery podcast. Right, because there are no good. Right. Anyway. Um, and I'm not, and I will say, you know, I'm not a huge podcast listener. I listen to some, you know, video editing, graphic design podcasts. I'll sometimes listen, sometimes listen, listen to ours to see how it came out. But I came across an episode, a, uh, a podcast. It's called Inglorious Trexperts. Interesting. Um, and it's actually done by people who have worked on Star Trek in the past well that's interesting then. so you get this really cool like behind the scenes and I know and like I gotta say listening to it I'm like Jesus I thought I knew a lot about Trek but apparently not like oh, compared yeah. to so like that makes sense they, they talk about it's hosted by um, give me one second I'll, I'm assuming you're looking it up um, well um, so you mean it's not just a uh Graphic designer slash voiceover person and an English slash history teacher talking about Star Trek. So, wow. um, yeah, I mean, it's basically a. It's it's again, it's done by people who have worked on Trek. It's hosted by a guy named Mark Altman, who I believe was the director of this really fun film called Free Enterprise, starring uh, Shatner. And 
he's friends with like you know people who have worked on Trek in the past, like writers. He's had Walt. He had Walter Koenig on a couple weeks ago, and they talk about a ton of different stuff behind the scenes stuff in the Trek universe. And like the most recent one they did was called um, the best Trek movies that were never made. Okay. So you get you get an insight into all of these Trek concepts that never saw the light of day. Okay. And, you know, among some of the guests he has are, like, you know, writer Mike Sussman, who wrote, who one, is one of the writers on Enterprise. And, you know, they do episodes on where they revisit Enterprise and talk about the show. And, you know, the same guy's on there, Mike Sussman, who was nice. writing the show. And you get to talk, and you get to hear about this sort of, like, interesting, like, history of sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff on the show. And they're extremely candid about about it. Oh, that's great. I've added it right now. It is a very, um, it's a it's an extremely interesting and very insightful podcast. And not to say that they need any recommendation from us because obviously they could, they do just fine on their own. Um, <laughs> but I really I really really enjoy that podcast. That a sounds lot. great. And it's it offers a really unique uh, insight into Trek that maybe a lot of us don't know about. So. Love the idea. It's great. Um, I, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend any. Uh, and I'll probably, I'll maybe, I'll maybe tweet them out, um, tweet them out on this when I get this uh, episode up. But um, yeah, I would highly recommend if you're a Trek fan, really uh, giving that show a listen. I think it's really good. I think they do a great job. Nice. So yeah, that's what I have found over the last. That's the podcast I have found over the last week. So um, definitely give it a listen. Yeah, but don't forget to, don't forget to keep listening, Dustin. Right, and um, let me see. I'm pulling up one that I like, if I can find it. Uh, and at the moment, we have no emails yet or no tweets, so that's fine. Uh, is it though? <sighs> um, yeah, we got some likes though. Someone named Kevin has a, has a podcast called Jean-Luc and Me. That's not this Kevin. I know. Um, I can't find it. Okay. But there's one I like. It's Next Generation, and it's a re, like a rewatch kind of thing. It's not the next conversation. They they're doing fine. They're that one I've, with I've seen that I've I've seen that recommended. It's all right. It Something about Matt Myra's voice irritates me, so I can't really like. Well, it he was the host of After Track, and I couldn't stand him. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's his voice for me. Um, he was a co-host of Nerdist, and as a co-host, I could tolerate him. Yeah, we need we need Chris Hardwick. No, we don't. <laughs> He's uh, no, we do not. Uh, He's a persona non grata now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I get a controversy. So, um. Oh well, next I'm time. Tweet it out. Tweet it to us for tweet. next. Um, this is, this is a recurring segment. I'll have it for next time. We don't have to make it a recurring segment. I just you know. Nope. You said it was a segment. We we can say weekly recommendations. It doesn't have to be podcasts or anything like that. So. Okay, anything. Any, anything, anything we found. Anything we found. So. Not even Trek-related. It could just be a great, you know... Well, I'd say I want to keep it Trek-related. A great riced cauliflower recipe we saw. Right. Right. So... Uh, <laughs> bonus. Bonus. Content. So, segment is what we're in right now. Yeah, so we're in the... All right, well, we'll wrap up this garbage segment, or trash, whatever you call it. Bonus content. And uh, we'll be back next weekend Free to discuss... Charge. To discuss episode five of uh, 
Star Trek Discovery, and as always, I am your co-host, Kevin. With and I am the other co-host. I'm the main host. Main host. Um, thanks for sticking with us. If you've stuck around this long, you're a maniac just like we are, and we appreciate that. See everybody next week. <laughs> <laughs>